Our second scripture is Matthew 24, verses 36 to 44. Jesus is speaking. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven or the Son, but only the Creator. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the human one. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the human one. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your God is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would, have not, and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the human one is coming at an unexpected hour. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks be Thanks to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Loving God, quiet our hearts and our minds. Help us be watchful for your word, that your word might come to dwell in us, that we might embody your word for the blessing of the world you love. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Amen. This year, Advent began for me on a sunny summer Sunday in July, right here on the chancel steps. Earlier that week, NASA had begun to release images that were coming in from the James Webb Telescope. We'd watch that on the news, and during children's time that Sunday, Patrick put some of those images up on the screen. Do you remember? A hush fell on the room. I imagine at home, too, adults and kids alike, all of us together were in awe. We were starstruck. In the quiet of that moment, I looked up at the image on the screen and I thought, that's Advent. In the moment, it was just an impression. I couldn't have told you why, but look, look, in that image, you've got hills and mountains. You've got stars, so, so many stars, a starlit sky, not unlike those starlit skies, starlit skies we have experienced on so many winter Advent evenings. Now, I'm not alone. The scientists at NASA saw the hills and the mountains too. The NASA website says that this image looks like craggy mountains on a moonlit evening. The NASA folks explain it a little bit more scientifically like this. The landscape of mountains and valleys speckled with glittering stars is actually the edge of a nearby young star-forming region in the Carina Nebula. They go on. This image reveals for the first time previously invisible areas of star birth. What we get a glimpse of here is star birth. 
In these images from space, we are seeing the stars as we have never seen them before, the birthing of stars. And at the same time, there's something about this experience, this gazing up at a starlit night that feels timeless. Across the ages, people have looked up to a starlit night with wonder and awe. We stand in our world, in the mess of our day, and in the quiet of the night, we look up. And we experience something so much bigger than ourselves, and we hope. Standing in wonder of the God who created all this, a universe bigger than we can ever comprehend or even imagine, we pray in hope. We hope for healing for every pain, for love and comfort in all the trouble of the world, for liberation and freedom. In the quiet of a starlit night, we watch and wait and hope. This morning's scripture, this morning's scripture brings with it that sense of watching and waiting and hoping, but it comes with a jolt. It is an apocalyptic text. The lectionary, believe it or not, begins every advent with an apocalyptic scripture, what that means is that the scripture stands in the midst of an old order, a troubled world, and looks for the breaking in of a new era, a new age, a new day when God will come and make all things right. And with the first Sunday in Advent, we also enter into a new gospel in our yearly cycle of scripture readings. This year, we come to the gospel of Matthew. And the world of Matthew is troubled indeed. Matthew writes out of an early Jewish Christian community that has likely just been thrown out of the synagogue, thrown out of their community, and that raw pain and discord comes across in the gospel. And they're living in a world of crushing empire. By the time the gospel was written, Rome had tightened its grip and torn down the temple in Jerusalem. Theirs was a hard and uncertain world. This morning's scripture enters into that uncertainty. What we read this morning is part of a longer discourse by Jesus. He's teaching and his disciples ask, when? When is God going to come and make all this right? And what will the signs be? And Jesus basically says, you can't know when. No one can. He talks of the troubles they see in the world, wars and rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, persecutions. These are but the birth pangs. You can't know when. This morning's scripture begins in that uncertainty. No one knows about the day or the hour when the human one, who we've often heard called the Son of Man, when the human one will come. Jesus describes folks going about their normal lives out in the fields working, drinking and feasting, marrying, doing what we do without a clue, without noticing how God might be coming into the world. And so Jesus says, keep watch. The human one comes like a thief in the night. You don't know when or where or what or how. So keep awake, pay attention, keep watch in the night. You know, in our Advent imagery, we can think of nighttime as just a way to get to the light of Christmas. Nighttime is a place of longing for the dawn. But it's not always like that. I remember a day not so long ago when we all longed for the night. 
it was that scorching day back in September. Do you remember Labor Day? The temperatures went over 110 degrees. There was nowhere to escape. You walked outside and the sun beat down. Inside, there was no air conditioning or fan that could beat that heat. At our house, we sat very still and drank lots of water and prayed, God, please bring on the cool of night. Let the sun go down soon. Like any other time of day, night comes both with its particular challenges and its particular blessings. On those scorching, drought-parched summer days, night comes with its chill and calm. I think of that psalm, the sun shall not harm you by day nor the moon by night. Night comes as a time for rest with its invitation to sleep and replenish. At night, there's time for quiet conversations that get drowned out in the clamor of the day. Night comes, we hope, with relief and respite from the day's work. I remember back early in COVID when I was living in Florida with my family, taking care of dad and doing Zoom, Zoom meetings with folks back here. Our evening meetings would go late into the night Eastern time, wrapping up sometimes at 11 or 11.30. And when I would close the meeting, saying the closing prayer at 11.30 at night, I found myself saying what was almost a bedtime prayer. Mindful in my bones of how late it was, praying for all of us a good night's sleep and a holy rest. Nighttime's particular gifts. But we know that our nights are not always restful and our sleep not always sound. I don't know if I've told this before, but when I was three years old, uh, my mom and I lived with my grandparents in Indiana while my dad was serving in Vietnam. Mom and I had rooms upstairs, and when I couldn't sleep in the night, I would go to the top of the stairs and look down and see if a light was on. It often was. I would tiptoe downstairs and find my grandmother at the kitchen table playing solitaire, two or three o'clock in the morning. She would lift me onto her lap. The house was still. The only sound, the soft tap of card on card, black six on the red seven, red five on the black six, two of hearts on the ace of hearts, and then the three, and then the four. And when the game was finished, my grandma would lift me up and set me back on the floor, kiss my head, and say, off to bed with you a particular tenderness in the watches of the night. When I worked as a chaplain at UCSF after graduation, I learned how much of life still goes on at night. At night, the UCSF Medical Center at Parnassus is like a city within a city. The night chaplain has a little room off the main lobby, and there was always something going on, family members coming and going, sleeping on the couches, Ambulances pulling into the ER, codes on the PA that would call folks from all corners of the hospital, nurses, doctors, the sleeping chaplain, all to tend to critical needs in critical moments. Expectant mothers laboring through the night. All through the night, the place pulsed with hurt and healing and tender care and love and life. So many keeping watch at night. When we were in Florida together, caring for my dad, my sister and I would take turns spending the night at the house with mom, sleeping on the couch next to dad's bed, hospital bed. We spent the night there half asleep, half alert, 
listening. In those last weeks, when a nurse was there through the night, we'd take turns sleeping in the room just next door. I'd wake in the middle of the night, and I would listen for the hum and pulse of his oxygen machine. And when I heard it, I'd settle back into sleep, grateful that Dad was still with us. Under the blanket of a starlit night, so many folks keeping watch. Tonight, somewhere under that starlit sky, a mother will wake to the sound of her newborn crying. And she'll settle down to nurse them, and in the quiet of that moment, she'll hope for her child a world better than the one she has known. In these days of inflation, somewhere under the starlit sky, a family will gather at the kitchen table and in hushed tones talk about how they will make the rent and put food on the table and afford something for Christmas, hoping for enough to make ends meet. In the Ukraine, we've heard that this week, um, the Russian bombardment has effectively shut down electricity to several cities. They're sitting there in the dark. And in the particular brilliance that comes to a starlit night when there are no lights on the ground, somewhere under that starlit sky, people will hope for a restoration of life as they know it, just for the basic things. For peace. Tonight, somewhere under the starlit sky, caregivers will listen for the stirring of a loved one themselves, weary from the day and yet watching for the needs that come in the night, hoping just for a moment's rest. Somewhere under the starlit sky, families are on the move in refugee camps or migrating out of the horrors of their homeland. Tonight, they'll look up in the starlit night and hope for a home. It reminds me of that nighttime prayer. Watch now, dear Christ, with those who wake or watch or weep tonight and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend your sick ones, O Christ. Bless your dying ones. Soothe your suffering ones. Shield your joyous ones and all for your love's sake. Lorena Tubbs Tisdale says that our scripture this morning is about watchfulness, waking from our slumbering state and being ready for the unexpected inbreaking of Christ. In the meantime, she says, we should be about building arcs of safety for those most likely to be impacted by the storms of life. We should be on the lookout, on the lookout for the goodness of God to break into the world at any minute. Author Madeline Lengel, who wrote A Wrinkle in Time, she once described her experience of walking out onto the porch of her cottage at night and seeing the great river of the Milky Way flowing across the sky. She looked at the starlit night with wonder at all that Christ has called into being waters, land, green growing things, birds, beasts, and human creatures. She looked up and what she says she saw was a sky full of God's children. Each galaxy, each star, each living creature, every particle and subatomic particle of creation, we are children of the maker, children of God made in God's image. And then she wondered an advent thought. Was there a moment, she asks, 
Was there a moment known only to God when all the stars held their breath? When the galaxies paused in their dance for a fraction of a second and the word who had called it all into being went with all his love into the womb of a young girl and the universe started to breathe again. That moment when Christ came to us in Jesus of Nazareth, holy human, holy divine, to show us what it is to be made in the image of God, to show us what it is to be fully human. And then she says this, I stand on the deck of my cottage looking up at the starlit night, the sky full of God's children, and I know that I am one of them. On these Advent nights, we look up to the starlit sky and we hope. What is the hope that you bring to this Advent? What is your longing, your prayer? As we keep watch together, where do we see the goodness of God breaking into the world in the midst of us, embodied in the midst of us? in the quiet of a starlit night. We watch and wait and hope for Christ who is already with us and always, always on the way.